Okay, welcome back to Honey, I Think They're All Lizards. I'm Layla. I'm Caroline. And I'm Shayna. And today we have a special guest star for you guys. All the way from Salt Lake City, Utah. We've got Julianne. Woo! Otherwise known as... Welcome. <laughs> it's good to have you, Julie. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. Um, how have you guys all been? So, yeah, you know what? Um, been okay. Been, been, I guess, as okay as you can be in these strange times. Um, still out here living in good old Utah. Yeah, how has it been? I mean, how's, like, you can go outside and, like, do fun stuff in the outdoors. Yeah, yeah, that definitely helps with the, you know, helps having that with the pandemic. Um, yesterday, Julie and I did a 13-mile hike that Damn. took us 10 hours. <laughs> it was fucking insane, but super cool. So it's nice to just, like, have shit like that around um, and being able to like, be outside and do things and not be around people and, like, potential, you know, contamination things. Yeah. That you can just go on, like, a massive epic hike like that. I know, it's so it's cool. It's really nice, yeah. I was talking about that yesterday. It's just crazy. Like, it's weird to live in a city and also have awesome nature nearby. I never lived in a city like that. So. You got the best of both worlds, baby. It's yeah. a paradox, really. <laughs> Layla, how is um, San Francisco? Are you able to, like, go out and do shit? Um, kind of. I went camping, like, for 4th of July, like, illegally on the Yuba River, which was really fun. But it was, like, we had to, like, lug all of our stuff down this, like, mountain like this slippery mountain with like so much shit on my back and you guys know how, how scared I am of like falling and like just like slipping down a mountain so it was really scary but we woke up like along the river and didn't no one was there because you're not supposed to camp there but we kind of like hit out and then like packed out all of our stuff and that was really fun and that was only like three hours away but in the city, like, hiking and going to the beach is pretty fucked up. Like, there's just, yeah. like, hella people everywhere on all the trails. And, like, running and stuff is, like, also kind of messed up, like, through the park. Really? There's just so many people running because they think that, like, oh, like, I'm outside. But it's, like, you literally just touched me running past me. <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely not nearly as crowded here yeah that's crazy I can't imagine being in a super congested city right now that suck we are in that it's back not to New York this week. what I said I'm going back to New York this week which is like gonna like shock my system to its core yeah man that's gonna be surreal it's gonna be so weird I can't even I can't believe you've been home this whole time yeah are so you like saying just thinking about like when I packed my bag and I literally packed like three shirts and one like really cute outfit I don't know what I was planning on doing <laughs> really cute outfit for hitting so weird Carol yeah. how, how's Block Island 
it's really pretty. It's really nice, but it's kind of like an alternate universe. Like, I went to the beach this weekend and just, like, went on a really long bike ride and just, like, forgot about the world, which is, like, good and bad, you know? Like, it felt good for the day, but then it was like, ew, that's so gross of me. Just, like, lying on the beach all day was, like, business as usual. So grimy. That's, you know, but... Sometimes you gotta do that, though. It's like when you're in the suburbs or, like, the beach or whatever, when you're not in the city, it's like you can choose to just, like, forget about everything and, like, detach from the world. Like, you can make the conscious decision to just, like, not be in it. But then when you're in a city, it's so in your face everywhere that, like, you have to just confront it head on, you know? Yeah. It's super easy to forget about here because we live, yeah, in the suburbs. There's, like, no one around. None of our neighbors are, like, wearing masks down the street, you know? That's yeah, so it's wild. not just, like, in case. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting with, like, um, I don't see myself going, like, now, I don't view social media anymore as, like, mindless, because you can't really with everything that's, like, happening, which is amazing and great, and, like, that social media is being used for this, like, positive change instead of just, like, funny memes, but it's, like, now that I don't waste so much time on Instagram, it's, like, what do I do now? to get away from from everything you know yeah what do you do like do you are do you go outside a lot are you working from home right now yeah I work from home which is fine like I mean it's boring working from home has been great for me um but I before I was actually doing like a lot of reading and like hanging out with my friends and such but now I've like have a debilitating TikTok addiction like addiction (laughs) and it's kind of ruining my life starts out innocent but it'll get to you I know it literally consumes my being yeah yeah but like go ahead (laughs) I would like to give um, our sweet Julianne a chance to introduce herself, why she wants to be here, if she wants to be here, (laughs) Um, what's brought her here every step of the way, and what she's been doing. Yes. Hmm, where to begin? Well, the reason that I ended up here on this podcast right now is because we were in Moab. Moab, Yeah, that's where it came up. Yeah, and Shana briefly mentioned that she was on a podcast, or something came up on a podcast, and, or, yeah, something came up, or maybe I was men- mentioning that I sort of liked researching, and she's like, <laughs> do you want to be a star on our podcast? Because we hate researching. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, what, what, it, like, what, <laughs> whoa, what? You know, Shayna, I would describe her as, you know, one of the first words comes to mind is feisty. So she came at me with, like, her little fists, and she's like, <laughs> She's like, oh my god, will you research for us for a conspiracy podcast? And I was like, okay, what conspiracy? And should I reveal the conspiracy? No, this isn't, well, no, not yet. And also, that's not how we got to the conspiracy. That was from, so we had this. Oh, maybe I'm really wrong about all this. You you could be. (laughs) So we had, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in. (laughs) We had, 
Uh, I think right. everybody remembers that. Okay, well, we'll see. Um, so Julie had this great idea to do Wikipedia Wednesdays <laughs> because she fucking just loved <laughs> papers, you know? I love um, that. I love that. All our friends take a Wikipedia page and we go around in a circle and we uh, read the whole Wikipedia page to each other. And it's so fun. And oh, I, I read so much okay. Wikipedia. It's insane. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, you guys are on a different level than I am, but, <laughs> but Julie's, Julie's topic was what we're going to be talking about today. No. Seagulls. Was it? Yeah. Okay. One of our friends' topics is what we're going to be talking mine, about today. Mine was, uh, um, was oh, yours fasc- was like, mine was fascism. Yes. Okay. Julie's was fascism. Uh, mine was DNA extractions. <laughs> Wikipedia page for this conspiracy is like literally insane. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh wow. Am I the only one who hasn't seen it? We did Dang. not read the whole thing that night. No. But yeah, Wait, it's thing. too much. It's too it's much. Really, like, like someone's manifesto. Like yeah. it is so fucking insane. <laughs> it's an eleven-part series, actually. So <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> Yeah, so after after hearing that topic, Julie was like, oh, I really want to get into these conspiracies. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, where's a good place to explore slash, you know, tell people about this conspiracy is, uh, honey, I think they're all lizards. And I happen to have an in for you. So <laughs> Wow, I totally forgot about that. Because I, I was thinking about how did we come up with this, and I thought Moab. Really? Yeah, but... I think I just com- completely made that up in my head. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We had desert brain then. Yeah. Um, Isn't that kind of crazy how your memory can just kind of like be made up? Yeah. That's probably a conspiracy in itself. Mm-hmm. Part of this conspiracy. Oh, shit. Confidently. All ties together. All right. So tell us about yourself. Sorry, I interrupted. Um, what would you like to know? Uh, you know, like, what are your interests? What have you been doing recently? <clears throat> um, what did you study in school? You been to all this? No, I don't. Just tell I us. I want to keep myself under the radar. Okay, so her name actually isn't Julie. It's, it's Julep. It's Julep. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Julep, tell us, you know, like, what do you like? What, what are things that you like? Mm-hmm. And, and why, why do you want to be here? Well, um... Let's see, I really like, um, you know, kind of, I want to get behind the, or against the normal ways of thinking. So, like, conspiracies, for example, is a great way to go about that. You know, like, everybody just falls into this category or, like, this mindset of everything that's said by your superiors is true. I mean, ever since we're little, it's like, oh, that, that adult said it, that's true. And then it's like you grow up and it's like, oh, your teachers say it, it's true, or whoever is in charge of you. And now that we're adults, it's kind of like nobody's really in charge of us except the government. But it's like, mm, our parents weren't always right. You realize that, you know, and then like the next door neighbor's not always right. You realize that. You realize your teacher's not always right. And now it's kind of like, mm, pretty sure the government's not always right. So. Snaps to that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So now it's time to start questioning those kind of superiors. Hence the yeah. reason. Jokes awesome. on this podcast that you're doing. Fuck yeah. Like, as much as we say we don't support conspiracy theories and stuff because they're so, like, they took on that alt-right identity, like, at least it's good that we do, like, question everything, you know? And we don't just stick with, like, what we're told and 
question the government in a non like deep state way you know yeah yeah I think it's just like do always the reason why we got into it was like do your own research figure out things for yourself and don't just like kind of what Julia was saying don't just believe what other people are telling you all the time yeah yeah and I feel like it kind of ties into this whole Black Lives Matter thing it's like we should not trust our authorities. We should not trust the law. We should not trust police because of these reasons, even though we're told ever since we're born yeah. that the police are good. Yeah, everything everything like that we've grown up with glorifies police, you know? Even, like, TV that I watch, like, it all glorifies police. Like, I was just really recently watching this um, TV show called Broadchurch, and it's about, like, uh, cops, like, detective, detectives in England. And they were, like, chasing a, chasing a suspect for, like, a murder suspect. And I was just like, why don't you just shoot him? Like, why don't you just fucking shoot him? And, and then I was like, I'm, oh, my God. Like, how could I say that, you know? Like, how could I think that? And it's just, like, how we're fucking raised. It's so fucked up. Um, but you could also check yourself and be like, I can't believe I just thought that. Like, that's such an incorrect thought. But yeah. it's also, like, we are, we were like brainwashed in a way yeah it takes a lot to like relearn and like make new associations you know that's why it's so hard for I don't know you know I don't know why but some people just have such a hard time accepting that there like could be a world without police um but yeah they just don't want to accept it because they think that the current system functions but it doesn't oh my god did you see that new Trump ad about it's like literally ridiculous. It's like 911. Like, sorry, nobody's here to answer your call because there's no more police. Were you raped? The wait time will be five days and 23 hours for someone to get back to you because there's no police. Oh my God. <laughs> women have been raped and they go to the police and like 99% of them absolutely do nothing about it. Like, and then it was like, vote Trump 2020. Ew. That's fucked. That's fucked. Oh my God. That disgusts me so much. Jesus fucking Christ. Can you imagine seeing that? Like... And just being triggered times a thousand, that's oh just... Oh my god, that should not be public. No, that's horrible. It's things like that that I think of, like, who was in the room that pro brought up the idea and the rest of the people at the table were, like, amazing, getting the crew together, like, let's uh, put it in action. Just the absolute stupidest old white men that have ever existed. Like, get the voice actor to record that. <laughs> like that is his job. Like contracts were signed. Oh my god, it was. That was passed by so many people. Yeah, and everyone had a chance to deny it, and no one did because they're all fucking stupid. <sighs> yeah, um, we so did. We did want to um, kind of reiterate the fact before we talk about um our conspiracy for this episode that um. Obviously, we do not support any of, like, the alt-right conspiracies um, surrounding, like, the current movement or, like, ever. You know, we never support those conspiracies. Um, they, we will never, like, give those light because they don't deserve it because they're absolutely disgusting. Um, and we just wanted to encourage everyone to keep the momentum going for this current Black Lives Matter movement um, slash, like, new civil rights movement. Um, continue 
continue all the action that you've been doing and more. Um, so, you know, you, you could go to protests if that's available near you or if that's safe. You could um, share posts on social media, uh, educate yourself in any way by reading books or just like, you know, even if it's just like scrolling through Instagram, um, reading articles, listening to podcasts um, and like watching movies. Uh, that's honestly a big way I've been doing it. Like some of the movies that I've watched have just fucking blown me away. Um, and obviously signing petitions, calling representatives. Keep the fucking momentum going because this shit cannot continue. Just get woke. Yeah, man. Get educated. It's time to get woke. You're all stuck at home. You can yeah, get exactly. instead of going on TikTok for two hours. <laughs> yeah. You're not woke yeah. really. You can do it in a positive way, though. You know, you can... I don't know what TikTok Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> we live under a rock? That's awesome. Our generation is know. so weird. Because we're, like, right on the cusp of, like, millennials and Gen Z, you know? It's, like, yeah, it's we're... it's really strange. It, like, it, gives, it gives me a lot. My sister is 18, and all her and her friends are doing right now is just, like, they're so involved with everything like knows everything all the time everything in the news who was the last police officer that did something awful this is the petition you should sign right now all this stuff and I'm like you guys are so great so I have a lot of hope for the next generation they're like really on top of shit it's awesome yeah I didn't used to and now I do and that's really good to hear yeah okay so we've been wanting to do this one for a while this episode um we haven't done it because Layla, Caroline, and I are kind of lazy sometimes, and <laughs> this is a big fucking commitment. So props to Julie for putting in the time to do the research for the one of the biggest conspiracies known to humankind. Take her away, Julie. So the conspiracy this evening is the John Fitzgerald Kennedy assassination. <gasps> uh, um. Bring it on. So there is an intense amount of material to go over here that I'm not going to go over because <laughs> people dedicate tens, tens and twenties of years to this. Write books, you know, movies, documentaries, podcasts, and the like. So this is the first part of our 11-part series. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to explain the drink? Okay, so. This evening, we are enjoying <clears throat> Bloody Marys, because this morning I was like, oh shit, I forgot a drink. <laughs> so I looked it up on Google, I was like, JFK's favorite drink. And there's, it's, I went to this really funny website that had all the president's favorite drinks. Uh, <laughs> Obama was... Please, Obama's. They, they, they brewed beer for Obama in the White House. They had a White House brew. Are you According to the New York Times article on favorite drinks for the presents but then when I got down to JFK uh it said daiquiris ew, ew. and then uh it said and sometimes the occasional Bloody Mary so I went for that one instead <laughs> you know it was more readily available we're not gonna make daiquiri we don't have dax on hand unfortunately also Bloody Marys are just I mean fantastic they are they are you in JFK me and JFK, so we would have got along, if only. I think you would. Sidetrack, though. I've thought about this before. I think I've told you guys this. 
if you're the president, you can't really get, like, wasted. Because what if something awful happened and you were, like, wasted out of your mind? We've talked about this. I know. But I'm putting it up to the lizards. What? Like an emergency? Like, what if you were, like, oh, it's my night off. And you, like, had, like, six drinks. And then they were, like, you need to come here right now and address the nation because of this, like, horrible thing that happened. And you were just wasted. Or something, yeah. Or you had to do a speech hungover. We've talked about this. Like, what if you had to talk about, like, a terrorism attack and you were so hungover you, like, we're having shortness of breath and just like couldn't make contact with anyone. I oh think there's God. a lot of sacrifices you make when you become president. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. But think also think about all the old white guys that have been president and like they probably casually have like five whiskeys and are pretty drunk, but just like keep it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a good, a big part about being like, like even getting to run for president is you know, having a good reputation, and you can't have a good reputation if you're, if you get really rowdy when you're drunk, you know? True, true, good point. Exactly. Okay, continue. We're sidetracking. <laughs> well, I think just kind of dive right into it, and um, I'm going to start out with some facts, quote-unquote facts. <laughs> Not that I'm suspicious of them or anything, but uh, these are just some chronological events that I jotted down. This is from jfk.org, and um, there's a lot of good information on that website, and one of them was a timeline for all the events of that day and the events for the funeral afterwards and the investigation until now, even. So, okay. This wasn't on the website, but I did learn that the night before the parade, they decided to change the route that JFK was going to motor down. It was going to be, I can't remember what street it was going to be on, but they changed it the night before. And I don't know how they told the public, but everybody knew and everybody was there anyways. So just keep that in mind. But anyways, so at, let's just, let's just start at 12.30 p.m. on November 22nd, 1963. President Kennedy and Governor Count. Connolly are assassinated at 12.30 p.m. 12.32, police stop Harvey Lee Oswald coming out of the Texas School Book Depository where he allegedly shot President Kennedy from the sixth floor. He was stopped on the second floor, but the police let him go. Uh, 12.58, Oswald returns to his room. He's staying at a hotel nearby, and he gets his pistol, and then he goes to a bus stop outside of his hotel. At 1.12, police find an empty shell on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. At 1.15, Officer Tippett is shot. At 1.22, officers find the rifle that Oswald apparently shot Kennedy with. 1.26, Lyndon B. Johnson leaves Parkland, where he was at the time. At 1.33, Linda B. Johnson arrives at Love Field, where this all went down. At 1.50, Oswald is captured. Um, oh, that happened fast. Yeah, like, pretty smoothly. Like 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, an hour, 20 minutes. Still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Oswald's in custody. 
204, president, the president's casket is removed from Parkland, although Texas law mandates that an autopsy must be performed in the state. But they overruled that and brought him to, I believe, Maryland. Maryland. How you Maryland. Say, how you say that? I never even said that word. You said it great. <laughs> Maryland. Um, Wait, question. Where where did this happen? I thought it was in D.C., but was it not? Nope, it happened in uh, Austin, Texas. Or Dallas. Oh, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas Texas, yeah. Sorry, Dallas, Texas, at Love Field. Okay, gotcha. Right down, like, right by Main Street. You know how, like, the like the airport is, like, Dallas Love Field? There's, like, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Dallas Love Field. I believe. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. You're right, you're right. So, at 2.38 p.m., two hours and eight minutes after... President Kennedy is killed. Lyndon B. Johnson becomes president. Even though, I mean, technically he becomes president right after, but I mean, he's sworn in at 2:38 by creepy by Sarah Hughes, who later becomes a, a a part of this. So, his friend Sarah Hughes, first woman to ever swear in a president, swears Lyndon B. Johnson in. And by his side is Jacqueline Kennedy and Lady Bird Johnson, the first lady. So at 5.10 p.m., uh, LBJ makes his first public statement, which is very, very well thought out, it seems to me anyways, if you've watched it, which you should, because it's weird. Okay, so at 5.55 p.m., uh, the ambulance arrives at... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna botch this. <laughs> Beth Bethesda. 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 That's okay. where that's where Caroline's from. Oh really? Oh. <laughs> Bethesda. Bethesda Naval Hospital with Kennedy's body. At 6:35, so many hours after the de- after the assassination, the autopsy begins. 7:10, Oswald is charged with tip with Tippett's murder. That's the police officer. That's killed and um that night oswald is interrogated for 12 hours straight and those tapes are nowhere to be found have never been heard by anybody else besides the people interrogating him they are nobody's ever heard them ever they're in private archives somewhere i don't know but yeah weird weird that you would that that would be really private after you like how has nobody heard that after you shoot a president shoot yeah you would think it would be really important. Who knows? So, uh, at 12 a.m., or, yeah, 12 a.m. on November 23rd, there was a press showing with Oswald. This must have been, like, in the middle of the interrogation. I don't know, maybe something's messed up there. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, at 12.35 a.m., Oswald's fingerprints and photos are taken. And at 1.30 a.m., Oswald is charged with the murder of JFK. Uh, 4 a.m., Oswald is identified as the owner of the rifle. This is on November 23rd, the next day. 9 a.m., there's a private mass with Kennedy's family. 1.30, there's a first cabinet meeting with LBJ. And at 3.51, LBJ appears on TV to announce November 25th as National Day of Mourning. Okay, so 
people are mourning the rest of the evening and having a lot of speeches about Kennedy. November 24th, two days later, Jack Ruby comes into play, who is a nightclub owner and allegedly or maybe speculated to be part of the mafia. But he sends a money order from a Western Union office. And then at 11.21, five minutes later, he shoots Oswald in the basement of the Dallas police headquarters on on television, on live television. Yeah. But if you watch the tape, you can't see him. Wait, wait, I know what you're talking about because I remember, I think my grandparents once were talking about it. Like if you were alive during the time, it was like you were watching this go down on TV, like live TV. Yeah. Yeah. So you sound like, like Kennedy was live, shot live on TV. Ruby shoots Oswald on TV. Like it's wild. Like think of you watching that. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like that wasn't real. Live TV. Every American is probably watching that. Wait, why were they? Why were they live? Because it was just. I mean, it was just a live broadcast of, uh, you know, the Kennedy parade or whatever. Like him waving. You know, like no, that. no, not not JFK. Why was why was Oswald on live TV? Um, I don't know. Just like people filming things, like news people. Like new. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I think he was, like, being escorted from, like, point A to point B or something, and they were filming it, like, for news, and then he was shot, and everyone saw it. <gasps> That's so intense. So weird. So weird. And, and, okay, so I will say this. online. What, Caroline? Sorry, can you see the video online, like, today? Yeah. Yeah, you should watch it. It's very quick. It's very, like, okay, he's... He just got shot and he's dead, and then they announce it, and then it's done. We'll we'll put links in our bio for. I'll make a note. Our bio, uh, description. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens, and I just thought this was so weird on the website. It was like back and forth, like this for the next like couple things. It was like Ruby shoots Oswald. Twelve oh eight. JFK casket leaves White House for procession, and casket enters the rotunda of the Capitol. Line of mourners is three miles long. One oh seven, Oswald is declared dead. Jeez. Twelve fifteen, Mrs. Kennedy, Jacqueline Kennedy, and her brother, or and JFK's brother, Robert Kennedy, light the eternal flame for JFK's grave. Okay. I wonder what that date is. (laughs) 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 Oh. Um, that, okay, so November 29th, which is, let's see, that'll be seven days after, a week after this all goes down, uh, LBJ creates the Warren Commission. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's, it's, um, the investigation committee that's investigating all of this, these happenings. And it's government-run LBJ, LGB, L- LBJ. 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 That's a way more part of my vocab than LBJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he creates the Warren Commission to investigate all this. And the Warren Commission is just very, I don't know, 
very sketchy in my opinion. But then there's people to combat this Warren Commission. So uh, February 1968, uh, the Clark panel is created. This is a couple years later. Attorney General Ramsey Clark conjures up four medical experts to review the evidence. So the Warren Commission, they found the Warren Commission did not examine the autopsy, x-rays, or photos which contributed to doubt regarding the truth of conclusions that shots entered the president's neck and head from the rear. They also disclosed uh, a number of direction of shots and located the head entry wound four inches higher. Nothing was public on their reports. So from what the Warren Commission said, where the wound was, the Clark panel found it in four inches higher, basically. So there's Which mean that the shooter wasn't where they thought that he was. Um, I don't know if that concludes that, but it does say that the Warren Commission is wrong, which yeah. is a thing to definitely note. Yeah. You know, like there's just discrepancy in, in where the bullet entered, which yeah. should not happen. I mean, it's an autopsy. It's science. I thought science is like real and yeah. right. <laughs> I guess not all. <laughs> so in June 1975, this is 10 years later, 12 years later, the Rockefeller Commission is created. President General Ford creates commission to investigate the CIA activities on the U.S. Uh, and the vice president, Nelson Rockefeller, discovered illegal domestic activities performed by the CIA and um, includes 18 pages of allegations of possible CIA involvement with the assassination of JFK. Which is a big deal. Yeah. So, in 1975, the Church and Pike Committee is created to study further CIA investigations. They invest. This committee is created by um, Democrat Representative Otis Pike out of New York. <laughs> and uh, their whole aim is to investigate illegal CIA activities. Uh, April 23rd, 1976, the final report from the church committee is published revealing the CIA had nothing to do with the assassination, but they did find they had involvement. However, the CIA enlisted mafia in a plot to kill Fidel Castro who was a prime minister of, the, of Cuba, and he was a revolutionary and a Marxist, which will come in, which will come into play later. Fidel. <laughs> Fidel. 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 Castro. Wait, you know, the CIA Musician. was wanting to kill Fidel Castro. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was, is that common knowledge? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. This is all Wikipedia. They they had like many assassination attempts. The CIA, like, literally destroyed Latin America in so many ways. Oh. And yeah. faces, like, no consequences for it. And, like, still is, most likely. Like, Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they know everything about you. They do. Oh, I should cover this camera. <laughs> um, so, also they found out, the church committee found out the CIA... Um, was withholding info from the Warren Commission in the early 1960s when this happened, when everything went down and the Warren Commission was investigating. 
So the CIA knows stuff that nobody else knows still in 1976. August 20th, 1978, a House Select Committee, which is a team of professionals for investigation put together by the House for any crime that goes on or any big thing that happens like this. But they put together one for this investigation and they reenact the event and fire live ammunition from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. Which is cool, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. Like a little reenactment. Yeah, just to like actually figure out if this is even possible to shoot all, to like, like, if that is even, these these directions and and angles are even possible. It's probably being kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like a little play. (laughs) Weird to do that. That that seems like a set that would end up getting haunted. Oh, yeah. Isn't there something about, like, Jacqueline Kennedy just, like, disappears forever? What? It was never seen again? Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. (laughs) Or maybe, like, she didn't make another public appearance for maybe 12 years or something. Huh. Obviously, I think his death really, like, (laughs) fucked her up. And isn't it weird that right after his death, LBJ pulls her in for a picture? She's blood on her in this picture. You should look it up. Put that on the link. We will put that link there, too. I'm making a note. (laughs) Yeah, she's in the picture with blood on her little coat. What? Julie was telling me yesterday... Um, she didn't reveal too much, but she was like, yeah, when LBJ, um, when LBJ w- pulled her, he was like, you need to be in this photo. Like, you, we need to be united or something. Right? Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why did he want, like, why were they taking a picture in that instance anyway? Because he's getting sworn in. Uh, yeah, so they're- Was she, like, they're, smiling So they're it? in an airplane full of Kennedys. Yeah. An airplane full of Kennedys. And- yeah, so he gets sworn in right in front of all of them. And there's something weird about that, which, about the Sarah, the Sarah woman, the girl. Who swore, Sarah, who swore him in. The Sarah girl who swore him in, yeah. There's, like, a whole thing about that. Which, that sucks. Like, why can't she just be the first woman to swear in? <laughs> because a man had to help her. I mean. How do they pick who swears people in? How is that, like, chosen in general? I think the president picks it. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe she was convenient. Oh, there's also, like, somebody that was, like, no, the reason that he grabbed her was because she was, the like, the speaker of whatever. She was some superior, so he grabbed her because she had the ability to swear him in. Hmm. But other people speculate that it was planned. Or, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Okay, so uh, after this select committee did this ammunition thing this or this replay thing they they issue a 26 volume report nine days later heavily relying on scientific evidence and studied the police tapes which recorded sound of the shooting and um the committee supports the warren panel findings that oswald fired three shots the first shot missed second shot hit jfk and governor Connolly. And so what happened with the shot, it's called the magic bullet, and it goes through the back of his of Kennedy's neck, and then through Connolly's chest, and oh, hits shit. him in the wrist, oh and he's immediately good, he goes into surgery, and he lives. I thought you said Connolly died. Nope, he lives. Oh, okay. He was just shot, but he, but he survived. 
Yeah, I did say the, the assassination of JFK and Connolly, but I meant just JFK. Okay. But also, John Connolly was shot. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All details. Yeah, so it goes through Kennedy's neck and Connolly's chest and hits his watch and breaks his wrist, Connolly's. Wow. So it's like that's why it's a magic bullet because it comes from like some crazy angle. And like and hits does like, all that damage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and the third shot, uh, is the fatal shot that kills Kennedy. Uh, an acoustical evidence from the police tape uh, established ninety-five percent probability of a second gunman firing from a fence at the grassy knoll, which missed Kennedy, which missed. But Kennedy was probably killed by the unidentified individuals. So I think there was, I think what they're saying is there was a shot that missed from the grassy knoll and a, sh- and a shot that killed from the grassy knoll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From a what? What are you saying? From the grassy knoll. It's like a fence that's like a little bit off. It's like in the field. At okay. It's like Wait, a shot. So actually, he wasn't on the sixth floor of that building. Well, he. That's they say that he was. They say that Oswald was there, and then they said there's a second shooter unidentified. And okay, so this is a crazy thing that I learned today. I was listening to this podcast, um, and they're saying that there was these, there was a sign link. There was these two deaf people. There's a uh, father and a son who saw the man take out his gun, and he was wearing normal clothes. They said, and to get his gun and, sh- and shoot Kennedy. And pack up his gun, put it in a briefcase, and get on a train and leave. And when this these this father and son duo go and try to tell somebody, and they were speaking in sign language, nobody, they, they kind of blew them off. They were like, why are you signing all these things in my face? And they didn't get anybody to translate for them, and they were never talked to again. They were never found. They were, they were never asked for more information. They were just totally discarded. How was that revealed? Like, how did they figure out that that even happened? Uh, that there was a sign language people? Or the deaf people? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> how, does, how was that made common knowledge if no one, like, fa- found them or told them? Was it the, the people... Oh, the uh, they, went, the, they went to the authorities and told people that they did that? Yeah. Or maybe they were interviewed later. I'm not really sure where where they where this podcast got that info from. I mean, they, they said a bunch of things, but all I remember yeah. was... Okay. It was, it's Better. very legitimate. It yeah. did seem very legitimate. And it seems like it kind of fits in with everything else. I, I believe it, that, mm-hmm. that there was a silent, that there was a deaf people. <laughs> that's like... That's so, yeah, that's... that are just, like, basically signing yeah. and everyone ignored them and, like, brushed them off. Yeah, and they nobody got translators for them. They were never contacted again. All of their their reachings out were uh, ignored. So, and there's a lot there's a lot of weird witness interrogation or witness ignoring the witness uh, information. And I'll get into that. That's one of the that's one of the problems with this whole thing is that. All these witnesses are just forgotten about or never reached out or interrogated or intimidated or whatever. So, 
this this investigation still hasn't ended yet. 1982, National Research Council report on Committee of Ballistic Acoustics concluding that there was no chance of another shooter. So they like go over and over and over this police tape, and they're like, yeah, it was just there's no way. Like this, that you're wrong. After years of research, apparently. And then it kind of like quiets down after that. They're like, okay, well, that proves that for a little bit. Then in 1992, records are released that a man called the night before the assassination and warned, or, you know, I actually had this one up because I didn't have a chance to write this down. <laughs> okay. So, uh, there were new files released in 1992. Among the earliest revelations to emerge from the newly released files were CIA notes on an intercepted telephone call on September 28, 1963, from Oswald to a KGB agent in Mexico, and evidence that the FBI... Okay, so Oswald called a KGB agent in Mexico City. And there were all there's also evidence that what is what is KGB again? It's the Russian police. Okay. Oh yeah, there's lots of Russian involvement in this that we'll get to. Yes. <laughs> which which also goes into some other weird stuff about Trump. Yeah. Yeah. So so Oswald is talking to a KGB agent in Mexico. And FBI's Dallas office received a threat on Oswald's life before Jack Ruby shot him. So Oswald. Okay, so it's weird that Oswald is talking to a KGB agent in Mexico. That's weird. That's the that's one piece of evidence that was released in 1992, and also the threat on Oswald's life. That evidence, those intercepted phone calls were released. So they were made public, and the JFK Assassination Records Collection Act, which I just read off of this website, which is history.com, <laughs> um, they mandated that all material housed at the National Archives about the assassination must be made public by October 26, 2017, after 25 years of the act. But... Donald Trump blocked the release of thousands of the remaining files just hours before the deadline. So and fast. that's where we are today. So there's 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 so many there's so much out there still, there's so much hidden and all these secrets and Donald Trump is refusing to release them. Today. Why does he why is he involved? Because Russia. Oh true. So the woman who swore in Johnson, they were long-term friends and um, have known each other for a very long time. And she wanted to be a federal judge. And she asked Johnson if she could be a federal judge. And Johnson asked Robert F. Kennedy. And he said no. Because she was too old. She was 65 years old. He was 36. Robert Kennedy was 36. And probably also because she was a woman and that had, had, hadn't happened in history up to this point. There was no woman that was ever a judge. Mm -hmm. So 
after JFK is assassinated, he or LBJ is sworn in by Sarah Hughes, and she's the first woman to ever swear in a president. And um, there's this weird picture of her swearing in LBJ with Jacqueline Kennedy and Lady Bird Johnson. And then on the plane ride to Bethesda, Bethesda <laughs> um, <laughs> Johnson, after he's made president, swears Sarah Hughes into federal into the federal judge position. Wow. All these are on the plane. Some people think that it was, you know, kind of an act of revenge or some kind of like weird, like in your face thing. Like while all the Kennedys are on the plane, like un- basically unable to do anything. Yeah, it's just like in in front of everybody. She's sworn in as federal judge. She's like, I'm gonna make you federal judge. You're a federal judge now. Whatever, whatever. I mean, that's probably not how. Ca- I probably wasn't that casual, but yeah. you know, <laughs> like. He, you have to listen to the president. I mean, yeah, and that's what he said. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, and then Robert Kennedy is like, uh, okay. I mean, yeah. So that's that's the first change <laughs> event that lined up so perfectly, and LBJ gets his way all of a sudden now that JFK is assassinated and he's president. That's spooky. Which is, like, why is he doing that to this random person who's just swearing him in? Like, what is the point of that? Right? Is that what the fishy part is? Well, the fishy part is that she wanted to be judged but couldn't because Robert and he says no. And LBJ didn't have the power to overrule Robert Kennedy. But now he does because he's president and then he swears her in. And now she's federal. So you're saying, or maybe it's implying, like, did she have something to do with getting JFK out so that she could, like, have her way? I don't know. I mean, I don't know who who's involved in this. You know, that's kind of like the whole, that's one of the conspiracies behind it is, like, who's involved in all of this? Who's, who's paying who? Who's, you know, working with who and, and whatever. And, you know, now that LBJ is president, he gets... He gets to sign all these bills that he once passed that he and JFK were arguing against, which we will get into next episode. <laughs>